hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nubian Queen Nation. I'm Nubia. Here, we will talk about everything queenly, self-care, marriage, taking care of our royal subjects, otherwise known as our children, spouses, elderly parents, business, entrepreneurship, media, with a sprinkling in of the most high. Stay tuned for this week's episode. All right. Hello. This is Nubia of Nubian Queen Nation podcast. So I am in the car and you might hear raindrops, but I'm here with a special guest. I am special guest. Your name? I'm Michelle Vera. And we were just talking. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me, let, me, let me record this. So tell me what you're, you said, six words to describe. Yeah. So it was a John Acuff. I believe it was John Acuff. I'm going to credit him. He did a challenge where he said, write your life story in six words. And okay. mine was become what you once thought impossible. Okay. And and then you said you had another one. Yeah. So another tagline that I use a lot is step out of your fears and into your possibilities. A little more than six words didn't make the cut. <laughs> so we're just coming back from a, we, we thought it was going to be like a vision board type thing, but it turned out to be even more than what we expected because yes. we didn't have to sit and cut paper. We just kind of like, there was two pre- presenters. Mm-hmm. Andrea St. Louis and Ruby we're gonna have to follow up with her last yes. name in the comments. <laughs> okay, yes. I'm sorry, Ruby. But that was that, that was really, really. Uh, it was good. It, it was. We didn't get to overthink. No. Right. Oh, right. They gave us some instructions. They talked us through it, and then we kind of left with a one board that we kind of folded in half with some nice gold and silver sh- sharpies. Yes. Um, Making a statement for our commitment for 2022. Yes. Right? Yes. So instead of a vision board with lots of little right. pieces, they broke us affirmations, affirmations. That's what it was called. They broke it down into walking us through various steps. I think five um, throughout the whole night, maybe yeah, six. Something like that. And they were very succinct. You could tell both were teachers. Right, right. And I loved that they got us down to one statement that you then took a picture with, so you right. have it with you for all of 2022. Right. take that picture. So maybe by yes. the time this podcast comes out, your picture and my picture will be out there. Yes. But you were also saying about your the six words, and you said you it, you got a word from God and you moved to Florida. So right. So, so where step out of your fears and into your possibilities comes from is the, where I was going with that. So sometimes we talk about everybody, you know, you look so courageous. You look so bold. Oh, you live your life so fearless. Uh-huh. And when people heard that I moved to Florida on a word from God um, after the Trayvon Martin shooting, I just really didn't like what was going on in San Francisco, Florida. There was a lot of riots going on, a lot of things going on. And I wanted to see where, where I felt as a Christian I could help. And so we moved down to an area right outside of Sanford so and just got your involved. Just your it was daughter. just me and my daughter, single mom. Mm-hmm. We found, a, I happened, I'll call it coincidence, y'all know, I, I believe it's God incidences. Yeah. We had a retreat with a church that was out of Sanford. So divine appointment. That I had just, yeah, that I had just met. Mm-hmm. And I went on the retreat with them. They happened to have, they happen to have air quotes for the air podcast. Uh-huh. Um, they happen to have an extra opening. I ended up going on the opening. And when I was down there, we went to look at a, I went to look at a house uh-huh. that my daughter had hearted on Trulia oh, and the landlords, it was a little bit more than what I wanted, but they brought it down to what I needed mm-hmm. for price. Mm-hmm. And we had just a cute little place to live and we wow. moved down there and got involved. It was oh, very goodness. nice. Yeah. Wow. But that seems courageous mm-hmm. if your level of fear 
isn't there. Right. That was not a bold move for me. I don't like Connecticut. I just oh. like living here. Uh-huh. So for me, that was like, okay, God, bet. Uh-huh. What was the <laughs> courageous move and where stepping out of my fear and into my possibility came in was moving back to Connecticut uh-huh. when God said, okay, done. Uh-huh. Now time to go back because Connecticut needs you. Okay. okay. That was the courageous Connecticut move because that was you. scary. I like that. Yeah, it was a prophetic word. Just, you know, I don't know if the listeners are all Christian, yeah. but... It was a prophetic word from another friend who had moved down there at the same time. And she was like, she had come back a month earlier and she said that God had, she had been praying and that God had showed her that the soil was fertile and that the land is ready and you need to come back. And they paid for the U-Haul back and the trailer behind the U-Haul and to fly my dad down to go drive back with me. So when God wants something done and just for anyone out there who's struggling and, um, a friend who I didn't even really know, who now is a great friend, they had been praying and God told them to pay my rent so that I didn't have to worry about anything. They didn't even know I was praying about moving back home. What? So I didn't have to worry about the fact that, like, could I pay rent and uh-huh. still move back home or anything? Wow. It was taken care of. So wow. when God wants you to move, he'll make you move. Yes. But it's still stepping out he'll of that fear. And what is, he'll make a way, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, that's the driving too. <laughs> We're doing it safe. She's folks. driving. Both hands on the stairwell. <laughs> so yeah, he'll make that way and he'll put everything in, but you still have to step out of that fear. Right. And into the possibility. What can right. happen when I get back? Wow. Wow. I like that. So let me be thinking, go back a bit. Sure. Like my sisters and then like my, my sister's in Texas. She's like, uh, there's nothing in Connecticut. I'm like, I am here in Connecticut, not because I particularly care for the weather or anything mm-hmm. like that, but because it is fertile ground yes. and God still has a work to be done here. Yeah. That's how I'm going to start looking at it. We really were a cold state, literally. Yes. Like, we're driving home in 32 degree weather, probably 39 yeah. degree weather. But also, it, metaphorically, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, we are so smart. We're like one of the pharmaceutical capitals of the world up here. We have all of the science, some many Ivy League schools. Like we are the intellectuals of the intellectuals. And therefore we know more. And so there's not a lot of intersection of science and faith because we're we're too smart for that. So take a Christian ground. Where better is there? Where better? Wow. Down south, everybody goes to church. On right. Sunday, they shut the roads Where down. The weather's good, right? The weather's Yeah, good. the weather's great. The roads are shut down so that you can do Friday night lights mm-hmm. and so you can go to church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... You could be in a church filled with people and not everybody's Christian. Right. They're just there because culture is that you go. Right, right. So we're here. There's a little... Yes, there's still cultural right. Christians. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people are not there because they have to be because we are more atheists than not many of the christians that are here like we're on fire Mm -hmm. we we're solid in our faith Mm -hmm. and so it's a wonderful place to be Mm -hmm. if you're willing to have conversations if you truly have a heart like christ Mm -hmm. where it was like let me talk to you woman at the well Mm -hmm. not let me scold you adulterous woman you know it, it was just when we have that mind of christ i don't think there's a better area doesn't mean i love it 
Right. But we don't always love where we're called to. Exactly. We just have to obey. Wow. <laughs> but we come to love it as we obey. You yes. know, even like this. Uh-huh. You know, our our reconnecting. Right. Gosh. You know, he'll put the people in the place and, and connect you with the right folks. So I think we were on the way to um, our function. We were trying to figure out, like, how long have we known each other? Because we, we met each other probably back in 2006, maybe. Yeah. We were going to the same church. Yes. And, but, I don't even, but I don't think that we, our paths really didn't cross because... Um, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, we knew each other, and then you, you came over for a program, like an if program that they had. Right, right. right. called? It's something bridge. It be the bridge. Be the bridge. So yep. That was who knows how many years ago that was. And Remember? I think that was around 2015 because that came out of if. Okay, yes. Now that I'm putting the timeline right. together. Right. So out, out of if. So I must have met you beforehand at that church. Right, because I. Because you knew me yes. to invite me to yes. if. In right. 10 miles, and, take exit 30 on the left to merge onto This is real people. This is real. There we go. We are really in a car, in case you were wondering. And so then I went to IF, and they started that Be the Bridge, which is right. Be the Bridge to Racial Reconciliation. Right. And it was starting a conversation wow. with all of the other. Yeah. You know, this is not new conversations. Right. Like, right. this Ongoing. was. And that whole program was you profiled right. to say, here's my white girl. Here's yep. my my black girl. Yep. Here's my interracial. Like right. those groups were purposefully right. diverse. Right. Not happening. Well, not all. I mean, ours. Was, okay. I, I purposely chose to, okay. to have a good mixture, but oh, not every but not every house had that diversity. I didn't know that. I yes. thought that was the intent of the program. No, that's what I'm saying. So oh. if I so if I just happen to be just hypothetically be the only black person that you know, I can't go to everybody's house. Right. I <laughs> see what you're so saying. So not every now. house. So during that, if not everybody's house was diverse. Context. You said that earlier so here's a lesson for the podcast folks right so you said that statement earlier I didn't have the context of every other group wasn't like that so when you said I can't be at everyone's house I thought you're speaking hypothetically not okay right that's all these years and even when I went back and read the book last year I thought that it was purposely designed that way. Well, they and want, what an they experience wanted, and they by wanted, you doing it and that if way. And wanted it to be that way. Okay. But not everybody right. knows somebody from a different, you know, so, from every different walk of life or walk whatever. Of life. Wow. So, yeah. And it was such a powerful group because we, we really got to, you know, I remember some of the, the conversations getting right. heated. Right, right, right. And, and, like, not in a bad way, right. but in a, like, you know, well, my truth isn't your truth. Right. And really talking through yeah. those. And that has always stuck with me all these right. years later. It's like, let's talk about the elephant that's in the room. Yeah. You know. So that was 2015. Here we are, 2021. And yes. things have not, I would like to say that everything got rosy from there. But huh. obviously we all know where, yeah. where we are right now in, uh, you know, the George... George Floyd situation, and then we're coming through the pandemic, and yeah. so it's a totally different world. But five, six years later, yeah. right, going yeah. into twenty twenty two, but we're all hopeful because God is good. He is. And he's still on the throne. He is. And something that I think is just that I become even more passionate about post George Floyd. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like we talked about earlier. He wasn't the first, right? And he he's not be, the last. Nope. Um, there's so many that we never hear about. We don't know their names to say right. them and repeat them right. because they don't make the media. Right. And something I've gotten really passionate about is um, though we were talking earlier about like I'm the white girl, so podcast people don't have that reference. I am white. Are you sure you're? The one? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I, for me, I'm some of I'm the white girl who has a very diverse group. And so we were and talking children. earlier, and, and children. children, yes, let me, and my children, one half Mexican, one half black, and I was getting phone calls when we were having the conversation earlier, like, how do you befriend a black person? Mm-hmm. 
as if there's an art to it. Right, right. And that blew my mind because I've never thought right. of like, how did we become friends? I don't know. We had a conversation that neither of us can off? remember. Right. We just hit it off. <laughs> and we're in a car now together right. all right. these years later. Right. And I don't know that either of us could go back to a moment of like, oh, I rattled my brain to figure out, hey, do you like Mexican? I do too. I know, Let's right. go eat. Yeah. Like, we just had a conversation. And or, I. Or the other thing is, like, you know what? My. My friend group was looking kind of spare, so I need I need a couple more white. Sorry, but I might even try. If you're offended by this conversation, I'm sorry. You know, all five of my subscribers, you can go somewhere else. But I'm just saying, after this, we're gonna get more. So everybody should say, you know what? Um, gosh, do I? What does my friend group look like? Do I have? Does everybody in my friend group look like me? Obviously not for me. I live in Connecticut. Right. But um, most people that I know, they're that are you know look like me. They're my relatives. Okay. Okay. But yeah, we all should, our children, we should have that, that even that same desire for our children. Yeah. And if we all had a person who were, you know, look like you and look like me, and then mm-hmm. I don't want to say the wrong things, I want to be politically correct, you know. Right. Um, if we had a diverse friend group for even our children, then we wouldn't probably be in the situation that we, we are no. in right now. And I'm know? so passionate about helping people understand, at the end of the day, we're all human. And and that, that statement got abused during the Black Lives Matter movement where like a lot of white people came back and you know all lives matter Mm. and not to turn this political in any means (laughs) but what what got me passionate about that is what what is a natural and true statement Mm -hmm. that has not become natural anymore is that we all bleed red right Mandisa had that song we all bleed the same color Mm -hmm. and when we look at it that way why am I afraid to start a conversation Why am I afraid to reach out to somebody who's different? Why do I get scared if you're six foot three and black walking on the same street right. as me? Right. Why does that make a difference if it's daylight or night? And, right. and it's all because of things we've been conditioned to believe. Right. So if we were to seek out other people and have those hard conversations. I remember some of those questions yeah. were really hard that mm-hmm. we talked about in that group. Mm-hmm. And when you get real with, well, I believe this because... I grew up in a city that said if you crossed somebody with a tear on his eye, many killed people, and therefore he might kill me. Hold on a second, though. That may be true in L.A. Is it true in, I don't know, Sheboygan, Idaho? I don't know. Sheboygan might be bitter, bitter <laughs> if you're listening from Sheboygan and it's bigger, let me know. But And I don't think it's Idaho. I think it's Wisconsin, but I digress. <laughs> if you're from, like, you know, a backwoods town, maybe he just wanted a tear near his eye. Yeah, I know. But until you have those conversations, you don't know. Right. And I think that, for me, being a words girl, being somebody who loves storytelling and conversation, right. why not just get to know somebody's story? Right. Why not just talk? Where right. are you from, Nubia? How did you get here? <laughs> like, how hard was that? You know, have a cup of coffee. Invite somebody right. over for dinner. Right. You know? I mean, and then if you don't really know what to say, just, just say something. Say something. Don't yes. ignore it and act like... Nothing is happening, or right. you know, like I said, we're all we all bleed bleed red, right? You know, just start. We're somewhere. all coming in the same and leaving the same. Yeah. You know, there's only a few ways to get into this world and a few ways to get out, mm-hmm. and it's all coming. Yeah. It, it's all coming one day. The right. life goes in this circle. 
what if we made more of it by being willing to do the things that scare us being right. willing to have those conversations that are, you know I like we were talking earlier too about the, the why why do all like the white folks wanted to ask all the black people to say like well what can I do now I don't so even suddenly know. we wanted yeah. you to educate us on how to not abuse you yeah. anymore yeah. But why is it your job to educate me on what I've done wrong? Thank you. My why isn't it my that job my to go find that, that out? Statement. <laughs> and having friends who were honest enough and, and that we could have those hard conversations mm-hmm. of asking questions, trying to get answers. And then like one of my friends said to me, at, there was a certain point where I'd asked a question that I don't know that there is an answer to. And he finally said, like he said to me, shall I... I'm not in a space that I could answer it even if I wanted to. I'm grieving, Mm -hmm. and I'm grieving because I'm black. Mm -hmm. That's not going to go away tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's not like the death of my mom. That's not like um, the loss of a job or something. You know, losing people during COVID, we've all lost somebody, I think, at this point. It, it's a different group. You can't change being black right, right. a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. So how do you heal from something you can't change? Right. Right. That can't be answered. And definitely not by somebody who's on the receiving end of all of the pain. Mm-hmm. And that's been something really like eye-opening. That was eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. How many of us were asking those questions right. and, and to the wrong people. Yeah. Instead of self-reflecting, yeah, it's funny because I don't. I know that we didn't start this conversation trying to go down this <laughs> line. But the, I didn't mean to open up this can of worms. There we go. You know, but you know. The, so the other thing too, I think we were talking on the way up to our 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 class here, is that you know me raising. Okay, so I you know we already raised three girls, me and you raised two. You're raising two. Yeah. Or one's adult, and now I have a 15 year old son. I'm like, mm. that is like, and he's homeschooled. The other girls were homeschooled too. I'm like, I don't even want to put him in public school. Uh, even before, I was thinking about it even before this, you know, where the word, the state of the world right now. Yeah. And that is just a scary thing to know that one of these days he's going to be old enough to drive. And is he going to be safe? You know, yeah. driving down the street. Is, he, is there a wrong neighborhood? Is there, you know, is there is such a thing as, okay, he's just driving while black. Can't, right. can't change that. Use the left lane right. to take exit 30 so, to merge onto that's a real thing. Every time he leaves the house, you know, and, and you just want to, he's a, you know, he's a child. You don't want him to have those fears. Right. But I, but I, at the same time, he needs to be educated oh, so that he's not on the wrong end. Definitely. When he gets stopped, you know, because of something silly, like yeah. not seeing a stop sign at night or going five miles over the speed limit while 30 other cars are but you're the one that the, that the cop can catch up and to. you know honestly my husband has been pulled over a couple times because he works like a second shift and just because he was brown looking in the car he got yeah. pulled over and it's like well what are you doing or where are you going and then and then one time he got pulled over twice and I think the next night the same officer pulled him over and he's like oh well you know what just go Stay ahead just go ahead it's point. like you can't tell me that you're not being profiled yeah. And it's a scary thing to, to just, just come home safe. That's all. That's what you want. Come home safe. Which is something with daughters having two Use mixed daughters. I've never had to think about it. I've never had the conversation with my oldest who's half black, half white mm-hmm. of like, and she probably should have had some kind of conversation because mm-hmm. she's been pulled over. She hasn't made the best decisions. Mm-hmm. And yet I never Take even thought to have a conversation with her to say, if you are pulled over, here's mm-hmm. the appropriate way to respond. You, know, you sit still, you keep both hands on the, on the, 
uh, the wheel. You don't make any sudden moves. You be respectful. And I mean, I was even taught that from my father, though. Okay. You know? Okay. And, and my parents. And the same thing I taught my daughters. You just be respectful. Don't make any sudden moves. And so that's just something that we just teach our kids. Interesting. You know, See, and, so, and I grew up yeah. in a family where if there was an issue, you could just pay someone off and mm-hmm. it would be swept under the, mm-hmm. the rug. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, growing option. up being yeah. a juvenile delinquent, for 23 miles, it, continue straight. you can't find any of that out about me. So if you weren't one of those cops, like shout out to Officer Lowe, um, who used to always find me, um, and he wasn't one who was paid off, just to be clear, so the two statements are not mixed together. But Officer Lowe was actually one of the ones who was like, no, like she needs to go in front of a judge. And that gentleman changed my life because he wasn't willing to just sweep it under the rug. Right, right. But if you were one of those officers, you remember, mm-hmm. you know, you have the impact, my probation officer, mm-hmm. etc. But yet nobody else, you know, a job interview, <laughs> please don't listen to this podcast, future players. <laughs> um, but nobody else could find that out because everything was expunged when I turned 16. Right. Because that's the world my world right, is. Right. right. So when you have a very white world... Mm-hmm. Um, even though my I, I lived in the system, like I was in foster care, I, I spent my teen years in foster care and then homeless, etc. Even though I had those experiences, they were built on a foundation of I still knew I could go home when I wanted to. So it's an interesting kind of you know conundrum of like how tragic is it when you always have a safety net? Right, right. You know, right. not to dismiss it, but oh, right, right, yeah. but but at the same time. To, to acknowledge that that elephant, and then and then like you said, a little bit of privilege, right? You know? Right. Oh, and it's a funny, lot of privilege. And, a okay, lot. I just want you to say that. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. I graduated high school because my dad knew my guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to graduate me. I was a teen mom, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. ex boyfriend would come and, and beat me up at school. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that trouble, mm-hmm. so they golf together, and suddenly I have a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no reason to have a degree. My grades magically got better. Okay. You know, how is that? Mm-hmm. But we will never talk about right, those right, things because right. we don't talk about them publicly. Right, right, you know, right. they get swept under the rug. Be thankful now that you have an MBA. Right. And I am. I am thankful. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. what did that all teach me growing up? Mm-hmm. That money will pay for anything. Mm-hmm. So what if you don't have money? Mm-hmm. So what it teaches you is this, this unnecessary drive. Mm-hmm. Where nothing's good enough. But you know what though? Even if you have the money, but you're but you're not the right color. It See, doesn't. So you know what I mean? Okay. See, and it's just it's in, yeah, and that I never really and not to thought use about that. As, that. Not to use it as a crutch. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you think of back in the '60s or '70s or whatever. Yes. You couldn't. Your skin color. You could pay. You could even. You couldn't, you couldn't even get a loans. You couldn't get a house loan. You couldn't. There's certain things you just were. People need to read the uh, what this book called "The Color of Money." Oh no, the color of money. Okay. That was uh, thank you uh, to my friend Miss Monica J. Um, she was saying uh, that's a really good book. Okay. So, so there's things that we all knew in our head, but this book was written by like a white lawyer, I believe. Okay. And he put it all off there. It's, there's there's laws that were there was. Well, I can't. I won't say that it was in law. I don't know. Uh, but the book is called "The Color of Law." Right? That, color of law or color of money? Color of money. I don't okay. know. Okay. Color of uh, we'll I, figure I, I, that out. We'll put it I in the notes. In notes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, the, and it's interesting, and I, I know we, we've covered like a few different topics here, um, but when you think back, like I, one of my first ghostwriting books mm-hmm. was the memoir of a gentleman who had been in World War II, mm-hmm. I believe, or Vietnam. I'm not okay. great at my history. Mm-hmm. And... In it, he talked about how they had stolen his clothes. Mm-hmm. 
and he was an Italian gentleman. Okay. So you know Italians, uh, Sicilians, get really dark really okay. fast. Uh-huh. The shipman thought it would be funny to steal his clothing mm-hmm. while he was tanning. He went back to the boat and couldn't get on the boat because he was supposed to be, long, be on the black boat because he had no ID. I was 20, I think, when I wrote that. When I helped, it was just a, a favor for a boss at work. Uh-huh. I remember thinking, wait a second. Is this a true story? You, this is a true story. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a true story. Uh-huh. And it was a memoir. Her, her dad was 80 years old, and for her his birthday, uh-huh. he, she took all of his journals and had me turn them into a book for uh-huh. him, a memoir. Okay. And what I was like 20 years old at this point. Uh-huh. Never did I realize through all of history... Uh-huh. That you could be black and fight for my freedom, and yet you didn't have your own? Right. (laughs) That was eye-opening for me, you know, and that's why one of the things right now that's bothering me is how much we don't talk about the things we don't talk about. So we have a lot of uneducated people walking around who don't fully understand, you could fight for me for years, and yet didn't have your own basic rights. Mm -hmm. That blows my mind. We would never country. do that today. As no white person, person would ever do that. You could fight for your country as a colored person and come back and not be able to live in a certain neighborhood or buy a house. That's what I mean. How do you not have like certain foundational freedoms, but yet you can give your life so that I can have them? That blows my mind that we ever, no, no white person would ever do that. I wouldn't do that. Sign me up to go die for you, but I, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> That we wouldn't, yeah. and yet there was no choice. Right. But we were never taught that in history. Mm-hmm. I would have never known it had she not asked me to write her dad's memoir right, from right, his journals. Right. Wow. Never would have known that fact. Wow. That's that's yeah. a very interesting story. It is. It is. And something like as a young girl, and I'm, I'm sure once he like, got his clothes and got on the right boat, he was like, "Oh, thank God! I'm my like, goodness. <laughs> Woo, that was. A, don't want to be them." I don't remember like how it ended, but I just remembered that one part because it was so eye-opening. But yeah, like I can imagine what did those quarters look like? You know, as a writer and with the imagination, you could take it where it's like, well, what did the other quarters look like? What did you go back to after fighting for me? You know, you're on liberty and you weren't even allowed off your boat. Yeah. But we were roaming free. Yeah. I don't understand that. You know, my husband and I just watched the movie Passing. Um, oh, I don't I know I'm not sure if it was by on Hulu or if it was Netflix, but um, and that was a very good movie. And it just reminded me of, I don't have all of the facts, but my grandmother um, was from Portland, Maine, and she was, you know, lighter, fair-complected. Okay. And so back in those days, she could she could have passed. Well, her family definitely could have passed. Okay. So I think I heard the story um, that one time, you know, like, like they had certain people that came to the house... They would hide my grandmother. Oh, Like, wow. she would have to hide either in the room, a closet, somewhere, because, you know, it was just a way, the way of the world. Wow. And I remember my father telling me a story right here in Connecticut that he worked in this, um, Clinton. There was a, a place that he worked for in Clinton. And he was in the lunchroom one time, and he saw this young lady, white female, who looked exactly like my, my oh, great-grandmother. Wow. And he said, he just kept looking, and he's like, this person looks exactly like my grandmother. So finally, he went over to her, and he, and he had a conversation, and he says, wow, do you know anybody with this last name, and blah, blah, blah. They started to, like, pinpoint, blah, and come to find out, she might have been, like, a relative, she, uh, she was a relative of my 
grandmother's, like her father. So maybe okay. he had two different families, a black family and a white oh, family. Oh, wow. And so when she found out that she was connected to black people, she packed up and she moved and never and quit her job and never came back. You know, True this story. is so. So where we started, right, was about storytelling. Yeah, how do we? Even and get, and yeah. so this is great, right? Purpose, so purpose ADHD, and... but we'll bring it back. Here we'll wrap it all up yes. and it well, right? Here. Help me out here. So so bringing it all back, and I love this conversation. I want to say two things. One is like I love this, and that we were just having a conversation, right. and you were like, "This should be a podcast." Broke out a phone, and this is what we're <laughs> recording this on. So exactly. when you hear the statement, "Done is better than perfect." Right. This is not high tech. So anyone out there listening who's like, hey, I want to start a podcast. Seriously, she has her phone. Nubia is holding a phone while I am driving and we are just talking like we would have been without the phone. Right. And now you get to benefit. So you're welcome if you got something. Yeah, you all get to benefit. Hopefully you got something out of this. Yes, definitely. And and then the part to wrap the bow on it is, you know, the storytelling. So, So we just shared two stories that came from generations before us things we never would have known about if not passed forward in conversation in writing and so for those of you out there who feel like well you know my story is not impressive or we were even having a conversation earlier about not everybody has trauma not everybody has like I had a pastor who used to say her and her sisters used to think they had to go out and sin to get a tragic story (laughs) so that it was understandable why they were saved because what they always heard in church Uh was you know woe is me I was a drug addict and then I how about I as somebody who has that type of story I'm so impressed to hear that somebody was kept yeah that somebody stayed exactly right and I was sharing with her that was powerful to me it's easy to get in trouble it's all around us we can go get in trouble right now you know but to stay on the right path there's a reason it said narrow is the path and so sharing your story whether it's filled with trauma whether it's filled with blessings and just you feel like it's all roses and sunshine there's somebody that needs to hear that whether it's the other person out there whose life has been near perfect and they feel like they can't talk about it because they don't have trauma in a world where all we want to talk about is trauma talk about it so they know they're not alone and then the other part of that is if you do have the trauma thing there, there is somebody who's out there who's dealing with that who you know there's in, in one of the novels I'm writing one of the lines is about she's on the edge of her bed with a knife in one hand and a pen in the other and she's got to choose what to move forward with and she chooses the pen and that is so powerful because when you choose the pen we say the pen is mightier than the sword but what we can do with our words mm-hmm. is like a grenade with the pin pulled mm-hmm. because we can take people down with them or we can explode mistruths. We can totally take down cultural differences. We can take down indifference. We can take down and cultural differences, meaning that, that we, we talk about and make them a bigger deal than they need to be. And I want to see everybody. Like, my mission in life is to see everybody use their words, tell their story, and get them out there to connect with their proper audience. And at the same time, if you're that church girl who 
has had staying power mm-hmm. and you're waiting for that perfect mate or you're waiting yeah, for whatever, there we go. tell your story too because you can right. encourage somebody else and not everybody's going to be able to identify with a show and right. not everybody's going to be able to identify with a newbie but somewhere in between. Yes. Just tell your story. Yes. You need to tell your story. If you got nothing else from today, tell your story in the way that works for you. Some of you will do it through art, through sculptures, through through crayon drawings, whatever. Others will do it through speaking. Others will do it through building a business that helps other people. Tell your story. It's not always with words, but there's a way to tell it and do it. And it may not be pretty, but just do it anyway. Oh, yes. And do it, it won't anyway. be easy, but do it anyway. Was it speak your truth even if it hurts? Yes. You know, tell it. Get it out there. Oh, well, so thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you. <laughs> Well, and we're you. almost home. I know. And thank you guys for listening and for sticking with us. All right. So share this with a friend. All yes, right. please. Peace and blessings. Bye. Ciao for now. Okay. So PSS or P. <laughs> oh, wait, what does PS stand for? Postscript. Okay. So tell us where we can find you. So I'm on Instagram at shellvera333. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at shellvera333. Pinterest as the essential creative mm-hmm. and I believe it has underscores between each word so okay. the underscore essential underscore creative we'll and then notes. on YouTube Shelvera777 just to confuse y'all <laughs> um, but that's just because that's been the account that I've always had so. Shelvera777 yeah okay. I haven't switched it over yet and so tell us what, how you say that you, you have a blog post that you post to Pinterest yeah. or something how did, what, what was that okay so I have websites theessentialcreative.com and shelvera.com Shelvera being my coaching business the essential creatives being um, oils and my blog and so when there's a blog post I'll do a post on Pinterest and what does really well right now on Pinterest are the idea posts so if you guys haven't been to Pinterest think of a reel Mm -hmm. if you're on um, Instagram Mm -hmm. and it's a video Mm -hmm. post Mm -hmm. you know instead of a, a static picture when you take several static pictures, you can turn them into a video. So if you're on your phone, how we were talking about how easy it can be on your phone, use the clips if you're on Apple. I don't know, Android, sorry guys. But on <laughs> Apple, you'll use the clips thing. You uh-huh. can put six pictures together. Uh-huh. As long as it's under 30 seconds, You can, I think it's 30 seconds, you can turn them into an idea post uh-huh. and then people can save it. And it allows, like, they're getting more saved through so Pinterest? more people through Pinterest. It's the highest conversion for my blog is Pinterest pins. So when did they start doing that? On, on, on... It came out a few months ago, okay. and I'm not a Pinterest expert. So there's a woman named Laura Reich who does Pinterest training. Okay. So if you guys want some, she does free classes as well as paid classes. And um, she's an expert in it. But I just happened to, I was on it saving pictures uh-huh. for years and then just started noticing that I had over 100,000 views per what? month. And I was like, wait, what? Per month. Like, what if I knew how to use this? I know, right? You know that was mean? by accident. So I'm up to 200,000 in most months right now. But I dipped down to 100 on uh-huh. Pinterest and up to 200 because of the essential oils. And then, you know, being that I am a marketer by trade, I'll throw in my other posts on procrastination, on family, on faith, etc. in with the essential oil posts. I'm have to look so it people out. are coming to look for essential oils, but then they'll find the other stuff as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, so thank you. Quick thank tip, you. learn more about the idea posts because they're what's hot and get saved the most right now. Wow. Okay, so there you have it. We just ended with a tip. And now you know where to find her. All right. Thank <laughs> you. We're really going now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Peace and blessings. Okay, kings and queens. So just as a follow-up to the um, 
podcast I just put out there for Shelvera. Uh, some of the things I wanted to put in the show notes was, let's see, the party that we went to on the way there, we mentioned that there were two teachers, and one of them was, she can be found at, at Step In to Purpose. Step In, number two, Purpose, that's Andrea St. Louis, and then there's at Direct Your Purpose, and that was Miss Ruby Maddox, M-A-D-D-O-X, for Living Your Purpose. And yes, they did do a phenomenal job on the vision casting party. And then we also mentioned a Pinterest strategist, which was uh, uh, Laura Reiki, and so at Laura Reiki for Instagram. And she, um, she does paid things, and she does some free training. So if you want to contact her concerning the Pinterest strategist, and she has helped people to boost their income uh, phenomenally with her uh, tips and tricks for Pinterest. All right. So if you have any other questions, just leave me a comment in Instagram or somewhere on Spotify and Anchor. All right. Peace and blessings. so much for joining us today at Nubian Queen Nation. Come back and join us again in two weeks. Better yet, subscribe, like, and leave a comment. And if you would, please share this with a friend. Peace and blessings. Love ya, Nubia.